Good morning, everyone. Hope you had a good uh, Christmas break. Yeah, enjoyed your turkeys. No? <laughs> so, warm welcome to you and also welcome to Les and uh, Christine, uh, you know, for joining us today. They come from Southampton. They're old friends of us. So, we welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, what I'm going to share to you today is very important. Um, and I, since the beginning of year, was praying, Lord, give us the word for this church. Give us the word for this church and for individuals. And three things that God was speaking to me and which I want to declare that over you and over this church. And when I say this, I mean it, that when I declare, it's going to happen. Because word of God is powerful, sharper than double-edged sword. And there is power of life and death in our tongue. And I, when I speak it, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first one which I want to speak, uh, can we have it on the screen please? Is God's perfect timing. Second, God's favor and open doors for you. And I'm believing God that in God's perfect timing, you will experience his favor. And the doors that have been shut till now, God is going to open it. Amen? You know, book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He makes everything beautiful in its time. God's timing is perfect. Amen? We see that. In the life of the Shunammite woman, you know, in the Bible we read, I once preached on it. That is in Second Kings chapter 8, if you don't know that story. You know, this Shunammite woman, her son had died and Elisha, he brings her back to life. And, uh, you know, that miracle happens. And then their time comes when Elisha tells her, Arise and go from here because there was a famine in the land and she goes away for seven years. She leaves her property and everything back and she leaves and goes away. Now she comes back again after seven years when the famine has gone. And when she comes back, she decides to go to the king's palace to ask for her property back. Now in the seven years, anything could have happened. You know, someone must have occupied it. Someone must have possessed it. Her property. Anything could have happened. So she goes to the king expecting a favor from him. Expecting that he will restore back her property to her. Now, a lot of things must be going on in a mind because it's long time, seven years. 
And when she goes back, a lot of things must be going on in her mind. And this is what happens in 2 Kings chapter 8. It came to pass in verse 3, at the end of seven years, that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha had done. Now here, just imagine the scene. There is a palace. This is a palace. And she is walking from far towards the palace. And inside the palace, the king is speaking to Gehazi, Elisha's servant. And he's saying to Gehazi, come on, tell me something good about, you know, Elisha, what great things he has done. So what happens is, this Gehazi, he tells him about the Shunammite woman. How God raised her son back to life. You know, this is what it says in verse 5. And it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My Lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is a son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. Wow. You see here? He's telling the story to this king about the Shunammite woman. And there she walks in into the palace. The timing of God. The timing of God. She walks in and she finds favor. And I believe even for your life, you will experience this year those timings of God in your life. Those timings of God in your life. You know, there's one more story I would like to share about Mordecai. What a timing. I, many times when I read this, I just laugh and say, wow, this is great. You know how God works. Amen. You know, let's turn to book of Esther chapter 6. Now, the background of this story is this. Mordecai had saved the king, King Asherus. You know, because there was some plot against the king to kill him. And Mordecai, he hears that and he passes on the message to the king and his life is saved from that plot. But what happens is the king forgets about that. He forgets about all that Mordecai had done. You know, do you sometimes feel that, you know, all that you have done for the Lord as if God has forgotten you? All that God has forgotten you. The Bible says the labor in the Lord is not in vain. All these years, whatever you have done for God, let me tell you this, he has not forgotten. He has not forgotten. He will reward you for that. And Haman, uh, sorry, it says here, and that night the king could not sleep. So one was commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles and they were read before the king. And it was found, Esther chapter 6, 
And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigathana and Teres, and he goes on about what Mordecai did. So when King hears that, he remembers. He said, oh yes, I remember Mordecai, but we did not do anything for this man. And same time, you know what is happening on the other side? Haman, who is very close to the king, he's plotting against Mordecai to kill him. And he built a gallow to hang him on that gallow. Just imagine this. And it says here, then the king said, verse 3, what honor or dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? And the king's servants who attended to him said, nothing has been done for him. So the king said, who is in the court? He's asking, who is in the court? And then it says, now Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to suggest, you know what? To suggest that the king hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. Now here, Haman, he just enters the palace to suggest to the king, hang that man Mordecai because I hate him. And here, king is looking for some wise person to honor Mordecai. And what happens? Verse 5, the king's servant said to him, Haman is there standing in the court. And the king said, let him come in. So Haman came in and the king asked him, what shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? Now to cut the story short, Haman is thinking, he's thinking about himself. Haman is thinking, oh, the king is thinking about me. He wants to honor me. He wants to bless me. So he tells the king, this is what should be done. And Haman answered, verse 7, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let a royal robe be brought which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest placed on its head. Then let this robe and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on horseback, through the city square and proclaim before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. So what happens? King is pleased. And then it says, verse 10, then the king said to Haman, hurry, take the robe and the horse as you have suggested and do so for Mordecai. <laughs> wow, what a timing. What a timing. You know, Haman could have maybe decided not to come that day to the palace. But he comes there and he thinks the king wants to honor me, but then honors Mordecai. I always was thinking, what must be going on in this Haman's mind? You know, when he heard the name of Mordecai to be honored. And not only that, you know, Haman is asked by the king, go and parade him in the city. And you know what? 
about Mordecai when you read the scriptures. In eight, chapter 8, verse 16, it says the Jews had light and gladness, joy and honor with what God did through them. Then it says, verse 17, then many of the people of the land became Jews because fear of the Jews fell upon them. Now here was the time when it looked like there was no hope for the Jews. It looked like as if the Jews will be annihilated, will be destroyed because of the hatred Haman had toward Mordecai and the Jews. There was no hope. And here was Mordecai thinking the king has forgotten all that I've done for him. No hope. But God changed the table. God changed the situation. Now here comes the time, the scripture says, that many of the people of the land became Jews. People said, we want to follow the, this religion. We want to follow this God. And chapter 9 says, the latter part of first verse, and on the day that the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, the opposite occurred in that the Jews themselves overpowered those who hated them. The enemies, they thought they will overpower the Jews, but the opposite occurred. That's what the scripture says. Let me tell you, all that the plan that the enemy has against you, your family, I declare it, opposite will happen. The enemy will be destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen? And you will experience the favor of God over your life. And chapter 10 verse 3 says about Mordecai, for Mordecai the Jew was second to King Assyrus. You know, he became the second man to the king and was great among the Jews and well received by the multitude of his brethren. Just imagine this story about this man, Mordecai. Sitting at the gates, nobody bothered, nobody thought about him. Then he becomes the most hated person by Haman, who wants to destroy him and his people. And then God does something. He finds favor of God over his life. And through that favor, a door is open for him in the king's palace. I don't know how your last year has been. Maybe some might say been a bit rubbish, been a bit struggle. It was okay, challenging. I believe God's favor over your life for this year. I believe that God will open doors for you in his perfect timing. You know, this was the word for King uh, for Cyrus. It says in Isaiah 45, verse 1, Thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him, to lose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors, not single doors, but double doors, so that the gates will not be shut 
This is what God does. When he opens the door, he will not shut it. Then verse 2 and 3 says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. Amen. I believe in your workplace, in your business, in your family, whatever situation you're in, God is going to go before you and make those crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze. You feel like you're banging against that door of bronze and it's, you're not seeing that breakthrough. God is going to bring the breakthrough. And it says, and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. Favor of God you will experience. Even the heathens will come and, you know, bless you. Hallelujah. It says that you may know that I, the Lord who call you by your name, I'm the God of Israel. You know, when God blesses you, when God opens door for you, when you experience the favor of God in his perfect timing, the people around you who do not know Jesus will come to you and say, hey, I want to know your God. I want to experience what you got. Hallelujah. You know, in closing, I would like to share my own testimony. Some of you might know this testimony about me. This is many years back when I was in India. I had an invitation to go to Holland, you know, Netherlands, for a leadership training. And uh, I prayed about it and, you know, I wanted to know whether it is God's will or not and God showed me in the dream I'm going to Holland and you know God confirmed through different ways. So anyway, I went to Holland on my own. I was there in Holland for, to, in this Bible school or Bible college, that place in Leiden. And it turned out that something happened and they canceled that training. And the people with who, to whom I went over there, it all looked good and good recommendation, but seems to be a bit dodgy people. And we were like in a situation where we were in this place, we couldn't go out and, you know. And I was praying, I said, Lord, why did you bring me here? If this thing is canceled, training is canceled, I'm here sitting and doing nothing. And I know that you told me to come here. Why did you bring me here? Something like Mordecai. No hope. I felt like, you know, what is this all about? And I remember that night when I was praying, God's presence came in that room and God spoke to me and said, I brought you here to use you in this nation. And I said, Lord, but I don't know anyone here. I don't know anyone except these people who invited me. And that to these people don't seem right. How are you going to use me? And Lord said, I will open doors for you. And next day, it happened so. I knew a missionary back in India in the same city where we worked. I helped this missionary, you know, to start a children's work. She is a Dutch. And it happened, she was traveling back to Holland for her holiday at the same time. 
timing of God. Same time. And she landed to the country. She heard about me that I am in this place. And she called up and she says, what are you doing there? I said, nothing. I said, okay. Then she said to me, well, I know a man of God here. Bart Donnywear, his name is. Um, he's being used in YWAM and he's a great speaker. He speaks in conferences, seminar and all. And he's having a conference. He's speaking in a conference in this particular city. Um, and why don't you go with him, join him, and just attend those conferences. At least something is better than nothing. I said, okay, that's fine. And somehow I managed to come out of that place next day. And to cut the story short, I met this man of God, sat with him in his car going to this conference. He asked my testimony and all, and he said, wow, okay, that's great. Then we went there, we reached for in the evening time, and evening session started. And he told me, would you like to share your testimony to the people? About four, five hundred people were there from Europe, uh, different parts of Europe. I said, okay, fine, I'll share. And I stood there sharing my testimony. And there was an interpreter next, standing next to me who was, you know, translating in Dutch language. And I'm not exaggerating. As I was speaking, the anointing of God came over me. And I started prophesying over people, over that place, over that nation. And as I was doing that, this man who was standing next to me fell under the power of God. And the people who were there in the front and chairs were falling from the chairs, crying, kneeling down, and things were happening. And I was like standing there and, and looking at them. I said, wow, what's happening here? <laughs> and then another interpreter came and he started interpreting. And this man who was the main speaker, Bart Donnier, he looked at me after the service. He asked me, who are you? I said, I'm just a pastor in, you know, this city of Mumbai. And in that same city, YWAM had the base. So he called up YWAM directors to ask about me. And they, of course, gave good reference about me. And he said to me, next three days, you're speaking one session each. And next three days, I was speaking, things were happening, signs, wonders, miracles. Even I'm telling you, in the car park, you know, after the church service, when I'm going out, um, and people said, thank you, brother, for the ministry very much. I said, thank you, brother, you know, God bless you. In the car park, people were falling under the power of God, and people had to be taken in their car, you know, carry them and put them in the car. And with that, what happened was, there was a man from television station of Holland, Christian television, it's a big uh, Christian ministry like here, God TV or, you know. So the director of it was attending that meeting. He gave his card to me and said, can you come tomorrow and preach on television? And I went next day, preached on television, and through that, God opened up doors to preach north, south, east, west, everywhere over Holland. What I want to say is this, when it looks like there is no hope, there is nothing is happening, 
God's perfect timing, He will open up doors for you. And you will experience the favor of God. And I want to give my own example with that. You know, today you might be sitting there and you might be wondering, well, it happened to you. Don't know about me. You don't know who I am, what I am, and you don't know my failures and weaknesses. I want to challenge you this year. Seek God and His kingdom first. Make Him the priority of your life. When you do that, I'm telling you, you will experience those open doors, favor of God, and He will do it in His perfect timing. Amen? Hallelujah. So shall we all close our eyes and look towards God at this time? Hallelujah, Jesus. 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 I'll just pray for you in this moment. Right now. Thank you, Jesus. As the music is played, just think about those promises. Think about that Shunammite woman. Think about Mordecai. Our God is a wonderful God. He's the living God. What He did thousands of years back in the life of Shunammite woman and Mordecai, I believe He can do it even now because He says, I am the Lord that changeth not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And right now, I declare over your life the favor of God. Just receive it. I declare over your life the favor of God. I declare over your life open doors. And as this word came to Cyrus, God is going to subdue your enemies. He's going to open doors for you. He will make those crooked places straight. He will break those gates of bronze that is keeping you from going forward. He will cut those iron bars and He's going to bless you. Why God wants to do that in your life? Because He wants to glorify His name in and through your life. Just say to God, Lord, here I am. I receive it. I receive it in my life. Let your name be glorified in and through my life, Lord. Yes, Father. Right now I pray for miracles, miracles to happen in Jesus' name. Those who are sick, I command every sickness and disease be gone from your body in Jesus' name. I declare healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. From the crown of your head to the toe of your feet. 
be healed in Jesus name I break every curse over your life in the name of Jesus whether it is generational curse or whether it is it has been said or spoken or done by anyone I break its hold in Jesus name I revoke it cancel it in the name of Jesus and I declare and I speak the blessings of God over your life the favor of God over your life open doors of God over your life that you may experience every moment of your life in your walk with God you will experience the powerful presence of God wherever you go God will go before you and will make those crooked paths straight in the name of Jesus. He is going to make a way in the wilderness and the streams of living water in the desert place. Hallelujah. And I declare and I speak over your life in the mighty, matchless and glorious name of Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's give clap offering unto the Lord. Oh, we worship you. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, as we sing, close this meeting with one more song of worship. Let's give unto the Lord what belongs to Him. And believe God for great things. Hallelujah. Amen.